Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. All right. Well, hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here today. I am very excited to be chatting with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I would love to just give you the opportunity first to introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe something fun that people wouldn't like read in your professional bio. Sure. So, um, I am a boy mom times three. I'll just start out with that. I have three boys at home, (laughs) um, have always had a child at home since running my business, which has been fun and not at all chaotic. (laughs) Um, Um, I am a business coach who helps my clients sign more clients. I mean, I help my clients make money. That's in the simplest way possible. Um, I believe that every single woman in business should be in a position where she's in control of signing clients, where she is the provider for her family. I really want to help women step into that role. So helping women get to their first six figures is like my bread and butter and what excites me the most. And again, I'm all about simplicity in doing that. Um, I think that marketing has gotten really complicated where people feel like they have to keep up with every single strategy and do every single thing and they're exhausted and it's not fun. And I, I want to do away with that where we make money, but we do it in a simple way. We do it by focusing on less, less is more. I truly believe that. And so um, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I, I live out in my business and also, you know, always aim to um, help my clients live out. Um, something fun you said that isn't in my bio. So something fun that kind of ties in with the entrepreneur space is that I'm actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. My great grandfather on my dad's side, um, started an apple cider business during the great depression. And he started it by selling apple cider door to door. And that's how the family business was born, which is really cool. And my dad had actually taken over and was the CEO at one point, um, growing up. So we always had like a lot of apple cider lying around. I actually stopped liking the taste of it for a while because it was too much. (laughs) Now I love the taste of it again, but, um, so that's kind of fun. I feel like entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurship has been in my blood and it's just something that's really, really cool and kind of, kind of interesting to like, look back and see where I came from. And the fact that he started it during the great depression and was scrappy enough to just go door to door. Like, how cool is that? So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a fun, fun fact. I love that. And like, I think that's such a unique um, background to come from too, because I think a lot of people, I would say the majority of people who get into business, online business are like, this is totally foreign, right? Like I don't, I haven't grown up around entrepreneurs or they have very limited like exposure to that. And so what a cool experience to like have that stuff to come from. Yeah. So those of you who are in the Northeast of the United States, like I'm talking like the I-95 corridor from like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, even like Delaware, Maryland, you may have drank my family's apple cider. It's Ziegler's apple cider. That's my maiden name, Ziegler. Um, They still sell it. It's no, my family's no longer involved with it, but they still sell it in certain grocery stores. So 
sometimes when I mention it, people who live in like that region know what I'm talking about. Most yeah. of you may not, but just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so fun. And if yeah. anyone's listening and you are like, oh my gosh, I know that. Go you DM know, Michelle. Please tell yeah. me. Oh my gosh, please tell me. That would be so fun. It's yeah. like a blast from the past because I remember also being in school. My mom was a homeroom mom. Like she yeah. was the mom that like came and helped out with the school parties and everyone knew she was going to bring apple cider because that's what they requested of her every time. Right. So she'd come in with like gallons of apple cider, like ready to go. And everybody always talked about it. The kids were always like, that's so cool. And it like was nothing to me because I grew up with it. But right. Anyway, that's awesome. More about me than you yes. <laughs> Your listeners I love it. more about me than they wanted to. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I love it. That's what we're here for. Um, well, and just going back to what you said earlier, too, like you are absolutely speaking my love language with simplicity. And this is something mm-hmm. that, you know, marketing so much of business strategy and just business growth as a whole, people overcomplicate especially marketing. And there's so much, um, I I would say a lot of, you know, like when I speak to women and from my personal experience too, like in more of the beginning stages or growth stages where you kind of feel like maybe you're missing out on something or like, am I supposed to be doing something else? Right. And just a lot of questioning and like overcomplicating in general, which we will definitely get into today. Um, yeah, so that that's just such a big thing, and I'm all about simple as well. Um, well, and I've seen it get more complicated. So I've been in business for about six and a half years, right? Mm, I've been yeah. running an online business, and I've seen it get more complicated. And I think some of that is due to just society, like instant gratification. We all want the yeah. number one thing that's going to work instantly, right? And we think that starting business and getting getting you know growing a business should just be easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from, but that's, I think, something that's out there and has been out there more in the market. But yeah. I also think when you start introducing new platforms, new strategies, like people feel that natural like FOMO, fear of missing out. Like mm-hmm. if I don't, you know, focus on on this particular thing, I'm going to miss out on something. And yeah. what I hope that we can help your listeners see to, today during this episode is that um, we live in so, in a world of opportunity. We have more opportunity now than we've ever had to connect with our ideal clients. Like we have more access to them than we've ever had. I also come from the public relations world and there were people that I worked with right out of college who were like, yeah, we remember like we could only ever fax over stuff to like the media, right? Like there was no social media. There was no access to your clients or your potential clients the way that you have now. And sometimes I think we have to take a step back and remember that versus, you know, this mentality of I've got to keep up with everything because that's when we start to overcomplicate it. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, what you just said is very empowering, which I, I love and appreciate about your, your approach as a whole too, is, um, you know, just putting women in control of like, you can go out and get clients, right? Like you don't have to sit back yep. and wait. And, and what you said about like, even your, you said your great grandpa, right? Yeah. So like he went out during the depression and it's, it's remembering yeah. that like, we have so much opportunity and even now, like at the time of he recording business during the depression, which I yeah. also think it's a great time to be saying this to everybody right now. For that's sure. Not- that's yeah. yeah. Like that, that's what I think is so cool about that is because there's definitely people who are like, you know, throwing around the recession were just like in the state of panic and it all comes back to, like if you know how to create value and and solve problems like you can create money and income and sales right and so it's just kind that of stepping very back in that place yeah. yeah he had a family at the time like he had young kids he actually ended up having nine sons 
Wow. I don't know what number they were on at that point. <laughs> I'm like nine sons. I've got three and I'm dying. But he, um, <laughs> you imagine if he were like, well, I have a family. I can't possibly like go out and do this. Like if he had all the excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just let go of the excuses and did it. I mean, I've never met him. I, th- I think I was very young when I met him and I, d- I have no memory of it. Right. Because yeah. he passed away when I was, you know, very, very early on in my childhood. But I know from what family members have told me that like, he was a driven scrappy guy and you mm-hmm. had to be to do that. Right. And this yeah. company, by the way, this family business, like turned into, you know, multi-million dollar business. I mean, they merged yeah. years ago with another company and I don't know what the business looks like now, but um, I mean, we're talking a big business, like very well known in the area That yeah. all started from his one decision to go out there and sell cider door to door at a time yeah. when you could have been like, no one's buying anything. It's the great depression, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and even thinking about that, like the women who are maybe in that mindset right now, like, would you speak to yeah. them for a minute of that thought? Like you just said of like, no one's buying anything right now. Cause every yeah. time I hear that, I'm like, oh, I will try not to like, you've been following me. So you know that I can get sassy and sometimes go on rants. So I will try to bring it. But um, (laughs) I just, you know, I I am going to be doing a a, probably a live in my group and a podcast episode about the recession. I haven't talked about it, um, you know, up until now, not because I'm ignorant of it, but just because it's not something honestly that is concerning me. And what I mean by that is I'm choosing to look at the opportunity that we have in front of us. And I think that there's a lot of people right now who are saying the sky is falling, mm-hmm. right? And when I say a lot of people, like I'm not even talking about people collectively across the world. I'm talking about people in the entrepreneur space. And unfortunately, a lot of them like to use that as a marketing tactic. Yeah. I don't. I like to talk about the opportunity because that's what we can control. We cannot control. And there's a lot of different definitions of a recession and whether we're in one or headed in. Like you can get so right. many different opinions, right? So I have not extensively like studied this. So please take that, I guess, with a grain of salt. But what I will say as a business owner and as somebody who entered the workforce in 2008, when there was also a significant recession, right? That's when I graduated college and entered the workforce. From my observation, there are a lot of people who like to talk about the sky is falling. And when you talk about the sky is falling, right? And oh my gosh, there's going to be this and that. You're taking away your power and your control, right? We have never been able to control the economy. We have never been able to control what other people do or what other people say. What can we control? And I think if you can go back to that during these times, hopefully it is empowering, right? Like I can control showing up and talking about my offer more, doing it more than less, right? A lot of people want to pull back. I'm like, why would you do it more? I can control, you know, inviting people to learn more about working with me. Now I can't control who chooses to buy or who chooses to sign on. That's not my job. And I think when we make assumptions about specific people or get attached to certain people, that can be, you know, very difficult. And that's another way that people overcomplicate marketing. But what, what can you focus on? What can you control when it comes to your efforts to grow your business? If you can really get behind that, and I'm not saying be ignorant, but if you can focus more on that than focus on the people who are saying the sky is falling, you're going to be in, quite frankly, a smaller part of the population, but a more successful part of the population. Because a yeah. lot of people are going to say the sky is falling, and that's going to impact their businesses during this time. That's probably the thing that's going to impact their business more than a recession will. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. And that's the thing to me, it's, it's just kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, if you're so focused, right. And we know like how mindset works, right. So if you're so focused on your thoughts of like, no one's buying right now, no one's buying you so firmly believe that like, well, now you're going to like, of course you're going to pull back from selling or you're going to assume like you're going to invite people and then also backtrack by assuming that they're not going to buy or whatever to like affirm what you think. So yeah, you created the result because of the thoughts that you were choosing to think. Yeah. It doesn't mean by the way that things haven't changed or won't change. You know, what changes Mm -hmm. am I seeing? Just one example would be um, a little bit of a longer sales process, meaning people are taking longer to buy. They're doing more homework, more research. They're maybe, maybe more cautious buyers, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. but notice how I didn't say they're not buying. They're just buying differently. And so yes, we should and can adapt to those things. That's where the power of relationships comes into play. I'm like, if anything, I'm like, what I'm teaching my clients is so stinking relevant right now that like, you'd be crazy not to be doing it. Right. Personal relationships. That's Mm -hmm. what matters. That's what's going to lead people to buy. So they're still buying. They're just buying differently. But instead right. you've got people who are very loud online telling you like, no one's buying, prepare for the worst, da, 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 da. And I'm like, how does that help anybody? Mm-hmm. Right. How does that actually help us make more money and grow our businesses? Right. Right. Well, um, and I, I like that you said the piece about control too. Like there's things that are always out of our control. The economy is one of them. And I, it makes me think about the algorithm too. Like the people that just get so fixated on like, it's the algorithm. And I'm like, you can't control the algorithm. Why are you so focused on it? You know no, what I mean? No, in fact, you, your desire to try to control the algorithm is actually what's making you feel more out of control. So when I talk about helping my clients be in control of signing clients, how do we do that? By focusing mm-hmm. on what they can control, how much they market, how much they sell. Yeah. It's really that simple. It's really mm-hmm. that simple. And we have one strategy that we teach them for how to do that, which makes it even simpler. But like, that is the core marketing principles, right? Is mm-hmm. get in front of people who may want your thing. Okay. Tell them about your thing. Invite them to buy your thing. Like that's it. If we, if I could dumb it down to it's, it's, you know, essence, like those are the three things that you have, I will say have to be doing in your business when it comes to marketing and selling. Now the vehicle for how you do them, I know we're gonna talk about Facebook groups, but mm-hmm. the vehicle for how you, there's a lot of vehicles, right? And we found what I think is one of the most efficient ways, strategies and vehicles to do that. But those three things have to happen no matter what. So people who are like, well, I don't want a community or I don't want this or I don't want, I'm like, you, so you don't want to market and sell. Well, tough love, like you're a business owner, which means you are now a marketer and a salesperson, whether you like it or not. So suck it up and let's make some money. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's, it's the kind of touching on what you said earlier about one of the things that you've noticed with just shifting trends and stuff is the longer buying cycle, which just elevates the importance of, like you said, the relationship, the community building aspect. And even, even, um, you know, you said you've been around six and a half years. I've also, I, I started my business originally in 2018 and it is interesting that there's, you know, there's always the shifting patterns, right? And looking at, um, it's almost like because customers are, or potential clients are a little bit more savvy to like, there's the different trends, right? And like, they notice the trends. And so they've probably had experience with working with other people or, pur- you know, purchasing courses or working with coaches, And so it makes sense that people are just more aware 
And so it takes them longer to develop that relationship and vet out that person, which I view as a great thing, right? Like you want someone to make that investment and work with you from this really empowered place of like, I've looked around, but I know that you're the one. Like, that's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. And I cannot stress enough that if you are focused on building a community and, and people who you can actually, you know, cultivate relationships with, you do not need to worry about the buying process lengthening. Yeah. It is not an issue for you. Mm-hmm. Who's it an issue for? People who aren't talking to people or building relationships. Yeah. yeah. You can start today. You can yeah. start in this moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's, so let's pivot to Facebook groups, right? Because I know this is the thing that you are all in on and you even shared like amidst, you know, people kind of um, having like looking at shifting patterns and stuff. I have heard a lot of people um, kind of putting Facebook groups down, which is always my standpoint and my podcast listeners know this, that my standpoint is very much like if someone is swearing by like, you must absolutely do this thing or you cannot do this thing and making these big sweeping statements, I'm like, run away. (laughs) So when people say that about Facebook groups, I'm like, uh, that's not true. Like just because a strategy works does not mean it works for you. But also Facebook groups are absolutely a very effective strategy and you're a beautiful example of that. And so I would love to just turn it over to you for you to talk about um, why you are so firmly still all in on Facebook groups, um, maybe talking about like, again, if, if you maybe notice that there's some things that are working especially well with Facebook groups right now, or we can, we can totally take it any direction. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to just be clear about something like I'm all in on building a community. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook groups are the most effective way to do that. There is no other platform. Instagram just created groups, but like, we have no idea what's happening with that. Twitter's creating communities. We don't know what's happening with Twitter. Like yeah, there are other platforms trying to replicate, which I think should be a, a signal to all of us that communities matter and communities are a thousand percent where 2023 is going. And you like, it's not a trend. It's actually, you know, it's a marketing principle, building relationships and commute being in community with other people. Like that's what leads to sales. And so I believe Facebook groups are the most effective way to do that, right? It's not the only way. They're a vehicle, okay? But it's a, it's the most effective way because I haven't seen any other platform who's able to replicate what Facebook groups have been able to create. 1.8 billion users every month participate in a group in some form. So like, you know, just even thinking about that stat and how much opportunity there is. So with that said, um, you know, the group is the vehicle of the relationship, right? It allows you to build a relationship with more than one person at once, right? It's an effective, efficient way to market. So I use the analogy of like, imagine a door-to-door salesman kind of going, you know, he's selling his product door-to-door. And let's say he happens on a house party where like it's filled with people who want his product. Like how efficient was that? He made one stop, right? And and made all those sales instead of going door to door to door. And at first when you're in business, that's not a problem, right? But then there becomes a certain point where it's like, well, I'm going to want more volume or I'm going to want more consistency when it comes to clients. And that's when we want to create that community piece, right? And so um, that's why I believe Facebook groups are so effective um, because again, there's no other you know, platform that allows you to build that community. Now, I want to be clear about the different platforms and what they mean in terms of the overall marketing funnel. Platforms like, you know, Instagram Reels, TikTok, like all that, those are great, right? 
those are going to get you visibility. If you think about, you can see me, but your listeners can't, but that's fine. Listeners, imagine like a triangle, right? A funnel triangle. At the top is visibility. So it's getting you visibility. It's getting you, you create a reel, you create a TikTok, right? It's in front of other people. That doesn't mean though that you are in relationship or in community with those people. How easy is it to scroll through TikTok or to scroll through Instagram and just watch a reel and you're done? There has to be visibility, but then connection needs to be the second piece. And that's where you're going to start funneling that visibility down. So when people talk about going viral and I had, you know, 10 million people viewed the X, Y, and Z, that's awesome. But I want to know more about the sales. I want to know more about the clients that come from that. I'm not saying they don't come from that, but like we throw around these big numbers without any context about what they mean. So connection is the next piece. And then clients come after that when you make that connection and you deepen it. So it's great to have platforms that give you that visibility, but then you've got to have a vehicle to make the deeper connection, if that makes sense. So I just want to kind Mm -hmm. of put that in context for people, because I think people don't always understand Um, like a podcast is another great platform for like, as to use as like a connection tool as a nurturing the relationship tool, instead of just, I just want to get in front of as many people as possible and hope that they buy my thing. Like we don't want to market or sell on a hope and a prayer. Right. Yeah. Um, so you asked in terms of, you asked a couple of questions. So if I'm not hitting on some, bring me back, but you also asked about, um, like what's working well when it comes to groups. So Mm -hmm. I mean, has the algorithm changed? Yes. Will it always change? Yes. That's the case. Like you hear people talking about, you know, Instagram's dead. Like everything's dead. Everybody's saying it's not even just groups. It's like everything's dead. And I'm like, well, how can everything be dead? Number one. Number two, when people say something's dead, it's just so silly to me because how can a a vehicle, a platform be dead? Like that doesn't make sense, right? Um, That's like saying, you know, you, you can't build relationships with people anymore. That doesn't work. It always mm-hmm. will work. Relationships is the one was the one constant, I think, when it comes to marketing. Um, do I think Facebook groups are dead? Absolutely not. I think that the people who are saying they're dead maybe are basing that off of their experience of potentially the algorithm shifting and them not pouring into their group or not shifting, you know, when it comes to pouring into their group. More on that in a second. Um, but people are saying that about Instagram. They're saying that about everything. It's just so easy to blame a platform rather than look within yourself and say, well, how can I be more relationship centric? Because what I think is actually dead is people just talking at each other. Not that that mm-hmm. ever worked, but like people want relationships. People want connection. We've seen that emerge over the last couple of years. And I believe that's going to continue to build in 2023 that people want that personalization. And that's why I don't think that Facebook groups will ever be dead. Even if Facebook were to die, there will always be a Facebook group, a community platform somewhere, because that's what we are as beings, right? Like we Mm -hmm. want that community. So hopefully that's encouraging to people listening. Um, When it comes to like what's working well, what's, you know, whatever, it's it's that, it's, it's building that relationship. Like people are so focused on, well, how many views did I get? right? Or, or, or how much reach do I have? And I'm not saying none of that is important or how much engagement you have. Like it doesn't play a factor, but we're so consumed by that, that we're, we've lost the personal touch, right? Like I always challenge, in fact, I just challenged a couple of clients with this this past week, and I'll share this with all of you. How can you take control of making sure people see your message and not sitting back and waiting for the algorithm to show them your post? So in a group, what does that look like? That might look like reaching out personal messages. How are you? How you doing? How's business, right? Like we don't do that anymore. Like we're so focused on what we want that we've lost sight of what other people want. And I think that's the thing that is is creating a lot of this shift. I don't think it's the algorithm as much as everybody says it is. Mm-hmm. I could go in any number of directions, but I'm going to pause there. Yeah. Well, what's coming up for me, and this is something that 
I feel like I've personally noticed in myself or friends or clients is, you know, almost it's like this trend of when I think about 2018, when I first entered business and there was a lot of, it was almost like the focus was on like, here's the, the roadmaps or the systems and like, those things are great. Right. And I know you, you teach that too, but it's almost like people put too much trust in that stuff and almost like built up this kind of attitude of entitlement of like, I have this system. Why is it not working? Or I like, I put this thing out. Why is it not working? And I would say it shows up as entitlement. I don't think that's anyone's intention. Right. But it shows up in that way of like, I don't want to sit and DM people or go live or like, it just that's how it shows up to me at least and I'm curious like if you've kind of yeah, noticed the same thing thousand percent I think yeah. a lot of people have also been fed this belief that like business is just going to be easy you won't really like mm-hmm. people who sit around and they brag about I never do a sales call or I never talk to people or whatever I'm like that's not business and that's not realistic and if you've gotten to right. that point it's probably because you did a, t- a crap ton of sales calls to the right. point where you're able to to get there right like there is, I agree with you. I don't think it's entitlement. Like, I don't think it's it's people meaning to be entitled, but I definitely think it shows up as entitlement. And I think we're all privy to it, if we're honest. For sure. Where it's like, I should, this should work for me. It mm-hmm. should either work on the first time, or if it worked before, it should work again. Business should be easy. Mm-hmm. Who said? Now, when we talk about simplicity, simple and easy are not the same thing here, right? Like you can have a simple strategy, and still have a lot of thoughts about that strategy or a lot of thoughts about yourself. And when we're marketing to people, we can't just rely on systems because people change. Think mm-hmm. about how much the world around us has changed, right? How much have each of you listening changed, you know, from six months ago, a year ago, like you're not the same person that you were. So why should we always be like expecting our messages to always work in the same way, right? Or strategies to always work in the same way. You're going to have to adapt. That's a big part of marketing. And maybe it's because I have the marketing background. I'm not sure. But for me, it's like, and sometimes some days I want to do this more than others. So I just want everybody to know like I'm <laughs> in the same boat sometimes, right? And I need to be coached on this. But it's like part a big part of marketing, probably one of the biggest parts is tweaking and refining, is seeing mm-hmm. how do people respond to the messages that you put out there and then refining it. People don't want to do that process. They want the easy, you know, overnight, it works immediately. Let me tell you something. There's no gratitude in that. Because if it works immediately, you are not going to feel grateful for your business. Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel that sense of pride and gratitude that you have when you've worked your butt off and achieved what you want to achieve after testing it however many million times. Right, right. Like I've been a multiple six-figure business owner for the last four years with three boys at home. And I can tell you hands down, the thought that got me there was not everything's going to work immediately, right? The thought that got me there was I'm going to work it until it works. And that has been my mentality, right? And you have to be willing to do that in order to see these big numbers that people throw around, right? (laughs) People love to say like, I made a million dollars overnight and and they don't tell you, which I'm all about celebrating success, don't get me wrong, but they don't tell you about the things that led into that, the testing and the tweaking and refining that happened behind the scenes. I do both. If you are in my community, I'm gonna tell you both. I'm gonna tell you the success that I've had because I've had a lot of it and I'm not stopping anytime soon, but I'm also gonna tell you about the things that, that I, you know, I just put out a podcast episode that's going out next week about my last launch. We had an incredible launch, but we didn't have our launch goals. 
So how did I handle that? Right? Like I'm super transparent about that because when you're not transparent, people have this expectation. I think a lot of this is rooted in expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. People have this expectation that it should, because it did this for you, something's wrong with me. If it's not working immediately. No, you're just, you're marketing in the online space. This is totally normal. And if anything, it's why you need coaching and support, right. To be able to keep bring yourself back so that you don't go off track. Cause that's when people chase a lot of shiny objects. That's when they get kind of rooted in like, I have to find the the number one thing, right. That's going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And expectations is what I, I absolutely believe as well. Like I look at, um, kind of some of those, like, uh, going through the fire moments for me where it like built up a lot of perseverance, um, just within myself, it was like, I had this expectation. Well, why it's because I was looking at other people and whether it was something that was directly said to me or just my assumption, um, or comparing myself or whatever, it was always like that expectation of like, well, like build it and they will come. Right. Like I put out this amazing (laughs) offer. And even though I'm not, like I talked about it two times and no one actually understands what the offer is about, like, why are they not signing up? Right. And it's just like, well, you have to build that refinement of, and like build up that, um, perseverance for yourself. And honestly, like you need that perseverance to succeed in business, you know, perseverance and grit. I did an episode about those two things. I am right there with you. And guess what? You're going to continue building those. It's not a one and done. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that came up for me just listening to you is also, um, I would say looking at my own journey and I was actually, I've been thinking about this a lot recently where it's like, you know, so often I think when we, when there's any level of, um, frustration or like there's a gap of like I want to get to this goal right and I'm not there and like why am I not why is my Facebook group not converting or whatever it is right um something that I've been really focusing a lot lately is like what lesson have I not learned yet you know what I mean right right and, yeah and I forget what it was that that you said that even like sparked this thought but it, I think it's just something that um, in terms of like building capacity and uh, it was, I know what it was. It was you talking about, like, you hear the overnight success stories, right? And so you see like, oh my gosh, they put out this thing and this offer just blew up or they blew up on TikTok or their Facebook group exploded. And so you are wondering like, what's wrong with me, right? Like, why is that not happening for me? And that's one thing that, I would say is probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned throughout the years in entrepreneurship is there's so many times where I look back now where there's something that I really wanted back then that I'm like, now I'm actually ready for that. Oh my gosh, I I love that you said that. I absolutely do. Guys listening, you could not handle that overnight success that they claim to have. You probably would not be able to handle it. You'd be like cursing your business. Honest, honest to God. The times when I haven't hit launch goals, but have signed so many people, I've been like, well, now, now we've got a gap here because we've signed so many people. Like we can see where we're like stretched a little thin. And now I know, and I'm so grateful for that lesson because I wouldn't have been able to sign the people that I wanted to sign. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And even just like continuing on that train of thought, I'd love to hear from you. Like, do you feel like there have any have have big and oh my gosh, have been any big lessons for you in terms of 
I would say just kind of like building your own capacity or that kind of stuff, right? Where you said like just recently, like you had a launch goal, yeah. no, you didn't hit yeah. it. Well, yeah. now here's the gap over here. And like, here's yeah. what I'm learning from this, right? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, there's so many things. I'll try to choose like the ones that the top ones that come to mind. Um, I think there's always a gap. So yeah. I'm, you know, been very open and vocal about the fact that I'm going for seven figures and there is so many gaps right now. If I could make a list, there'd be a long list of like gaps and areas that will need growth. Like that stuff never ends. You never get to a point. I did a podcast episode about this too. You never get to a point where you arrive. Mm -hmm. And when, and listen, I am guilty of this just as much as anybody else of wanting to get to that like magical place where it's like, I've arrived and everything's good. And I've had to really do a lot of work to recognize that that place doesn't exist. And how can I find gratitude in the journey, right? And in learning the lessons, instead of just being in a rush, like I think a lot of people are in a rush to just get to where they're going. And it's like, why, why are we in such a rush? Right? So I would challenge people listening, if that resonates with you, to kind of question yourselves on that, because that's been really powerful for me. Um, I also think that kind of going back to like this whole concept of, you know, business should be easy, or something's wrong with me if it doesn't feel easy. I think you're right, Natalie, like the, the, it's a, it's like, it's refining you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like to say it's like a marathon, um, where you have to build that mental endurance to be able to run a business at the level that you're striving for. And how do you build endurance? So like I ran my first and only marathon in January, 2015, I did the Disney marathon. This was prior to having kids, obviously. And I remember once a week I would go and I'd do these long runs on Sundays. Cause that was like the only time, you know, I worked in corporate. So like, that was the only time I had like hours to run. Cause you're look, when you're training for a marathon, you're gonna be running for hours. Right. And the first time, I mean, I'd only ever run, I trained for an entire year, by the way, entire year. A lot of you think that your training in business should be over in like two months but you're coming in with no business experience, right? Think about that for a second. I came in to running this marathon, having only run like two miles straight before. Okay. So there was like a big gap, right? How did I fill that gap? Well, I had to keep going out on those runs. And every time I ran, I pushed myself a little bit further and it was uncomfortable. Talk about my knees were hurting. Like my body had aches that in places I didn't know existed. Right. It was so uncomfortable, but every time I did it, I ran a little bit longer a little, you know, further distance without getting out of breath. And I noticed that my endurance was building to the point where then I was able to, to finish and complete the marathon. Well, business is just like that, right? And you need those hard moments. So how do you, how do you build that mental endurance? You do it through the hard times. Like for example, I've talked about this before, um, back in, you know, a year into business, I lost three clients in one day. It was basically my entire client base two months before I was due to give birth to my second child. So it's not like I could take on, I was doing retainer and marketing work. I wasn't a coach at the time. So it's not like I could take on all the, the, you know, those people, right. I was about to give birth. I mean, talk about something that really refined you. And that was the most painful experience, but guess what? It showed me where I wasn't in control. I didn't have an audience. I didn't have relationships that I was actively building. I was too dependent on those existing clients. And that's what led me to get to a place where I started my group to, it, it totally shifted my perspective of business to the point now where I'm helping put other women in control. Like what a beautiful thing that came out of something really painful. And so mm -hmm. I just want to really, I guess, emphasize those pieces because I don't think they're talked about enough in the online space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm totally with you there. And that's why, um, you know, again, one thing that I really love about 
your approach is that you are so transparent. That's something that I practice a lot on this podcast too. Like I'm just very open, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, I think a lot of people are very guarded with like, oh, well, I can't share that. I can't talk about that because it's going to make well, me look like less. Me. I know, I like know. I'm going to look like <laughs> less of an expert. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. You look like more of an expert. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's just practicing, practicing what you preach if you're really coming at it from the standpoint of like, I'm always learning lessons. Like there is always something to learn. And again, for me, that has just been like in hindsight, yes, it's great to look at like, what lesson did I learn from that? But even I think more so forward facing, like that's something that's just been very, you know, at the front of my mind is like, okay, if there's a gap of where I want to get, what lesson do I still need to learn? You know, and that's something that like, I think that's a really great um, journal question too, for like anyone listening is thinking about like, okay, what, what lesson do I need to learn right now? Like if I'm, if I'm honest, like, well, actually really maybe this thing over here is completely chaotic and I need to like get that in order so that I can actually have capacity to take on the clients that I say I want, but really I'm not ready or whatever it is. Like, that's just something um, that's really big. So yes, I I, I love that. And I love the, <laughs> the marathon story, like how that relates to business, because it's like, yeah, you had to, there was a huge gap. Like you had to train for an entire year to do that thing. And so I think like, my goodness, when I look at my first year of business, I'm like, I was so hard on myself. Like I had zero, cl- I had negative clue what I was doing. Like I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about yeah. online marketing or how to design logos. And that's what I was doing at the time. Like there was so much learning and it's like, I think so many women put so much pressure on themselves and are just like, put you know, like putting these really high expectations. And it's like, again, it comes back to the expectation, right. And the need for transparency and other people being transparent, um, so that people have realistic expectations so that they're not so hard on themselves. Yes. Can I say two quick things about that? One, um, you know, we're hard on ourselves at the beginning, but I also want to address those of you who've had success in your business. You can be even harder on yourself. The more success you've had, I've definitely faced that where it's like, as your business is growing, it's almost like we are even harder on ourselves because it's like, well, I've got to get, like, I've got to beat myself. I've got to constantly beat whatever I did this month has to be better and better and better and better. We look at businesses just like this straight shot up. And so I want to make sure I speak to that group of people as well, that if you are experiencing that, like, please know why that's happening and really get support in some form to address that because it's easy to kind of continue to beat yourself up even when you've done things that have been so successful. So I think that's something that I know I've, I've struggled with a ton. Um, in my business and probably will continue to. But then I also want to address like, why have I been so successful? You know, why has my Facebook group been so successful? Why have I been able to sign majority of my clients for my group? It's not because it's about the group, right? And like the group again is a vehicle, a very effective vehicle, but it's because I decided that the group was going to be my vehicle. Mm -hmm. I made a decision. Do you know how many people when I started my group four and a half years ago told me you should be doing more on Instagram. You should be doing more on X, Y, and Z platform, right? And I had to ignore some of that noise, right? And really put blinders on and say, you know what? I'm going to focus on this right now because there's opportunity everywhere. And if there's opportunity everywhere, what a great thought, right? Then I get to decide what this opportunity looks like for me. Like it all started with a decision. I really want everyone to hear that because it's easy to be like, well, I'll feel confident about this when it produces results or I'll feel confident about this when I choose the right thing. 
just decide now. There are a lot of right things and you get to decide right now. And it's making that decision and then continuing to make that decision and commitment every day that I believe has made me so successful. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you're bringing up like the power of decision because that's, that's absolutely, it's like kind of going back to something that we were talking about earlier. My thought process is always like, okay, number one, do you actually want to do the strategy, whatever it is? Like, have you made that decision or are you just kind of doing it out of FOMO or should, like you said, like I should do this. I should be on Instagram or whatever. Um, so that's like, number one is like, okay, you make that decision though. Like go back to evaluate that decision. What place were you making that decision from? And then at that point, it's like, if you really want to make the Facebook group work or whatever it is, then it's like, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. If it doesn't work immediately being like I chose wrong. Yeah. Like people who are like, well, my group doesn't convert or it's not converting or doesn't have the engagement that it used to have. It must be dead. Think about what that creates inside of you. I guarantee Mm -hmm. it creates some level of fear or pressure. That is not how you make decisions or want to be making decisions in business. It's like, well, let's figure it out. We need to adapt with using the same strategy. Like, do you know how many iterations my group has gone through? How many phases my group has gone through in the last four and a half years? But you didn't see us being like, oh, well, it doesn't work in the same way anymore. Goodbye, right? Like, that's crazy. But we do that all the time. So I love that you said that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's commitment, though. If you're making Mm -hmm. the decision, the commitment, you know what that requires? It requires you to stay the course, Mm -hmm. even when it feels like you're missing something. Even when you hear all the people telling you things are dead or dying, right? Mm -hmm. That's commitment. It doesn't mean that we commit to things that truly aren't working anymore. But like, I think you'll find there are very few things that aren't working. What's usually not working is your commitment or lack of commitment and lack of decision to the strategy. That's what's not working. Yeah. And the good news is is that that's within your control and you can fix that. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like looking at you know, women who are kind of stuck in this shiny object syndrome mode. And again, thinking about like, I I speak from personal experience. So many times I've definitely been in that place. Um, And that's what it was. It was like, I wasn't solid in my decision. And so it was so easy to sway me. Like if someone, Uh, you know, someone's talking about now they're talking about low ticket memberships. Now they're talking about high ticket. Now they're talking about Facebook groups. Now they're talking about Instagram. Like it was just so easy for me to hop from thing to thing because I wasn't solid in my decision. And if you like, if we just even take this outside of business, if you have any sort of value or belief or conviction in your life, if you are really grounded and firm and like, I know this is what I believe. I'm sure we can have a discussion about it, but like, you're not going to sway. Like, you're not going to change my mind. You know what I mean? Um, Versus if you're like, well, I don't actually really know what I think about this. Well, it's really easy for someone to sway you. Like it's, it's the same kind of thing. Um, Yes. And I, I love that you brought it all back to like the empowering, like this is within your control. Like you can control if you're deciding <laughs> and you can fix that problem and you can decide. Yeah. And then we can look at like, brainstorming and you know yeah. probably how willing are you to get creative. uncomfortable yeah how willing are you to get uncomfortable for most people their capacity for discomfort is not very high yeah mine yeah. is and that's also why I'm very successful is because I'm literally uncomfortable all the time exactly which goes oh. back to and just anchors in what we were saying before yeah. about like if you're not ready for it like you're not ready right yeah. like yep. that's something that I so you know I I 
deeply believe. And for me, it's like such a faith journey as well, because there's so many times where I'm like, okay, God, I like, thank you for not giving me that thing that I was like, so adamant (laughs) about like, but I want it. And I was like, no, actually, like your timing is perfect. And I was not ready for that thing at all. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I feel the same way. Love it. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cool. Well, I would love for you to just maybe share some like action steps or starting points for someone who, you know, bringing it back to Facebook groups. And I know you've got a lot of great resources too. Like if someone has made that decision and they're like, I love my Facebook group. It's just a little, you know, quiet in there, or I'm just not seeing sales come from my group. Um, what are some starting places that they could look at or maybe things to focus on to help them see more conversions from their Facebook group and really monetizing their, their community yeah, right, in this yeah. iteration? For sure. So I'll just walk through kind of the method that we teach our clients because it's a three-step method that hits on all those things. Um, we call it the GPS method. So essentially your GP, using the group as your GPS to finding clients, right? And it's rooted in the three principles that I shared. I'll just recap. How do you grow your group? That's the first step, right? Is growing your group with the right people. So getting in front of the right people. Like you have to do that to some degree, right? Um, And I'll explain how we do that in a second. The second step is what we call pre-selling, which is building that relationship and that rapport and that trust and that credibility so that they want to buy from you. And however long that takes is how long it takes. It can vary, you know, with different people. That's why if you're building a community with multiple people at once, it doesn't really matter how long it takes each individual person. That's how you bring in the consistency. There's always somebody who's Mm -hmm. building the relationship with you and who maybe hasn't reached that tipping point yet. And then there's always somebody who's ready to buy, which is really beautiful. The third and final stage is obviously selling. You need to then tell them about your offer. It's not enough. And this is where I think the conversion piece comes in, where people are like, I'm not getting conversions. Well, do you believe that everybody in your group wants to buy from you? Do you even believe? in those people, right? If not, if you have stories about your group that you're telling yourself, then you're probably not making enough offers, which is usually what I see. And so what we teach our clients how to do through this method is using what we call destination events. So essentially using like an exclusive live event inside of your group to hit on all three things. So how do you get the right people into your group? A lot of people will market groups being like, come join my free group. It's like, mm-hmm. join, come join my email newsletter, sign up for my email newsletter. Boring. Nobody cares. There's so many yeah. different groups out there, right? How do you differentiate your group? You talk about what's happening inside of your group, which is what we do inside of Market Like a Boss all the time, right? So using this event, right, using our method, that's one way that you can attract the right people. If you've chosen a topic that they care about that's top of mind for them, they don't care whether it's in a Facebook group or wherever. They're going to join to get access to that, right? And so that's one of the easiest ways to grow your group and bring the right people in. The the second way, which is more, um, I see this come up where people are like, I'm not getting engagement or it's quiet in there. I'm not building relationships. Um, When you host these live events, it's like, you are then really actively building relationships over a concentrated period of time. I've seen clients run live events in their group and they measure the engagement through like their group insights afterward. And it's like the chart is, it's, it's off the charts, right? It's off the charts in terms of their engagement. And so what would make you want to talk in a Facebook group, right? What would make you want to comment or want to engage? Usually it's, you know, asking questions, right? Um, talking to people, like being a real human being, talking about the topic that they care about, asking them questions, giving them like those aha moments, right? There's so many different ways to build relationships, but you have to be willing to show up as the leader. So, you know, I was willing to show up inside of my group when there were 10 people in there as if there were hundreds, right? Like I would go live, even if nobody was watching live, which at first they weren't, 
I, it was the energy of I'm going to show up as if there were a hundred people in this group. And then once there were a hundred, it's like, I'm going to show up as if there were a thousand and focus just on building relationships. Now, I also want to say to those of you with smaller groups who might be like, I need a bigger group. Like I'm discouraged. Your group is at such a beautiful point because you can actually build, you know, more personalized, deeper relationships, even more efficiently than when your group gets bigger, it becomes harder to do, right. Mm -hmm. Is to build those personal connections. And so Sometimes I think we get so caught up in numbers of like, you know, I need this many people, but it's like, think about each of those people in your group as a potential client and how can you build the relationship? And sometimes it's just as simple as, Hey, how are you? What are you struggling with? Right. How can I help? I think, I think we've underestimated the value of how can I help? Mm -hmm. And then obviously once that event is done, right. You have people that you can sell to. And I think that everybody should be selling as much as possible in their group. Tell people how you can help them. Right. Now you have to have the belief that the people in your group are a good fit. If you don't have that belief, you need to work on that because once you can see opportunity in your group, then it's going to be much easier to talk about the thing that you do. Again, not because you can control who signs on, but what I most often see is people do a really good job of like, you know, putting out those fun posts in their group and like, do you like coffee or tea or whatever? But then they're not talking about their offer at all. And some of them are like, well, I don't want to be spammy or salesy. Those people chose, just like people choose to be on your email list, those people chose to be in your group, okay? They can choose to leave. They can choose to unfollow you. And so our, when, when, when we hold back on marketing and selling in our group because we're worried about being spammy or salesy or like upsetting our members, what we're really saying is I'm going to choose to market to the people who aren't a good fit versus the people who are. And I think that's a perspective shift that will hopefully help those listening start to sell and talk more about their offer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And specifically like the GPS analogy, because what I love about that is it makes it so easy for anyone listening to identify like, oh, this is where I need to focus. Right. And yes. you talked about, yeah. there's a lot of women who are really good at doing like the fun engagement, like they're creating all this engagement yeah. and growth, but they're not actually selling. And I agree. And I also see women in the place where it's like, well, they're doing the promotion and they're putting the stuff out and they're, they're giving the, like yep. sharing their expertise. Yep. Right. But the, the relationship is lacking. Yep. So they're not I usually see people numbers. go from grow right to yeah. sell, right? It's like, Hey, you're in my group. You want to buy from me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, good for you for selling and like getting yourself out there. But also <laughs> like, yeah. let's, let's remember that they're humans and let's connect with them. And also it takes off like so much pressure, right? Because then you are having fun and building relationships and, um, like you can, you can have so much more confidence, which again, I know you're all about this in knowing, like, doesn't feel like such a mystery of where's my next client going to come from? Because it's not like, I'm just putting out stuff into the abyss. Well, you've had conversations with people. You can see who's highly engaged with you. Those are people you could deepen the relationship with, invite them to the next step. Like it gives you some tangible next steps. So, and just, you know, looking at how to fill in the gaps. Absolutely. And quick stat for all of you, because I think sometimes people either don't know this or forget it. It takes people 10 to 12 times to see and hear something before they buy everybody. That tipping point, we underestimate. We're like, I put out my offer once. Why didn't they buy? Yeah. We have to be prepared for that. Like we can't control when someone buys. We just know that that's the the path they have to go through. We Mm -hmm. don't know when that 10th or 12th touch point is going to be. So we need to show up every day as if it could be that person's 10th touch point and they're going to reach out. Like that can happen, but it doesn't happen or at least not quickly. If you don't show up, if you don't, if you're not willing to lead first, it's like, we want the the guarantee or the results that the person's going to buy before we show up. It's got to be the other way around. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I have to tell a real quick funny story with that because it just you're talking about like the touch points, right? And like the yeah. frequency. Yeah. So and you've got you've got little, so you'll relate to this. Yes. Um it is very funny to me how kids today have not grown up with like live television. Like they're used to streaming <laughs> stuff as like uh, yeah. this is the norm, right? So yeah. anytime this happened multiple times in the last week where we had live tv on and my daughter is just like mesmerized with the commercials right and this happened the other day and her cousins were with her and so I'm sitting next to my niece and explaining to her like first of all like yeah this is normal tv and she's looking at me like you're kidding and I'm like no I'm I'm not joking with you like this is normal tv and she's like well why would they like she was complaining about the commercials like why would they do this and I'm like well, it's because every time you see the commercial, you say, oh, cool. I want that toy. That's a cool looking toy. And then you see it again and you're like, oh, I really want that toy. And like every time you see it, you're like, oh, I really, really want this toy. Like it just becomes like Built a demand. This toy. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And she got it. She looked at me and she was like, oh, OK. Like- She's on her way to market to being a marketer. I love it. <laughs> So it's just thinking about it from that. Yes. Thinking with that analogy, thinking from that perspective of just the importance of that. And I think we can forget because we're so close to our business, like how much the frequency is needed. But if, if you think about like, okay, you Googled shoes or like, I'm going to a wedding in January. And so you can bet I'm getting all these ads for like winter wedding dresses and like seeing the frequency like if there's a dress that I want and it keeps showing up in my Facebook timeline like there's a greatly increased likelihood that I'm going to buy it so frequency is so important so I'm very glad that you brought that up um and that I could share that funny story too because it it cracks me up (laughs) yeah yeah I love it she got a marketing lesson right there right and and also it's just the the it will never uh cease to amuse me how much kids are just baffled by the idea that like this was all that existed. Like we couldn't just go and yep. watch whatever TV show we wanted at any given time. So <laughs> yep, exactly. And there were fewer channels. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, Wonderful. Well, okay. So we talked about a lot in this conversation today. If there was like one thing that you wanted the listeners to really remember and take away from this conversation, what would that be? I think what we just talked about with the frequency with the tipping point, yeah. because we get so impatient and that's what leads to, and I think the expectations are off, right? And that's what leads to the shiny object syndrome and leads to everything we just shared where, you know, you feel more out of control. And so I think that's an important fact to remember. If you ever are getting ready to like show up or post something or do whatever, I want you to think about your expectations, but then think about the person on the receiving end. Like if this is their, you know, fifth touch point with you, like how many more times are you willing to keep showing up right before they reach that tipping point? And so I think that's just a really good reminder and hopefully shows everybody like how much we do need to show up and take the lead. And that if you put out a post about your offer and people aren't beating down your door, that's the norm, not the exception. Yeah, absolutely. And even thinking about right now, as we record this, we're a couple of days away from Thanksgiving, right? Like, so there's all these people posting Black Friday offers and putting deals out. And it's like, But also remember that people are busy because they're probably doing the same thing or they're wrapping up loose ends and they have grocery shopping to do. Like people are busy and have lives and, you know, like, which just further emphasizes the importance of that. So, yes, I I love that. So good. Um, Where can women connect with you online if they want to get into your world? 
I think my the, the best place is the Market Like a Boss Facebook group. Um, that's where I share a lot of the transparent kind of stories that we're talking about and tips. I'm going to be doing a live in there about the recession at some point in the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, there's a lot of really great stuff in there. When you join, you also get access to a vault of trainings and resources that we have on marketing and selling um, just because, you know, we want to we want to support you from day one, whether you work with us or not. So would love to see any of your listeners who have resonated with these messages um, jump in the group so I can get to know you better. Yes. Awesome. And I will, as always, I'll have all those links in the show description so that you can click on over and get connected with Michelle. So thank you so much again for this conversation. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thanks so much for listening today. If you love this podcast episode, there's two things I want to invite you to do right now. Number one, head on over to Instagram and send me a DM at natalie.blenkush. I would love to hear any questions that came up and takeaways that you had from this episode. And number two, if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means the world to me because I love hearing what you're learning and how the show has impacted you, but it also creates an even bigger ripple effect by helping other women to cover this podcast. All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you on the next episode.